Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1. You can hear me on Fox Sports Radio. And you can read me on the Fox Sports app and on foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher on a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. That is here. I seem to be on some kind of honesty kick or truth in sports lately. I'm going to blame it on, at least in part, on a particular boys high school basketball team I've been watching lately. It's been painful. It's a very talented team. One of those teams that comes along every now and then, just has the right mix, amazing amount of talent at the school at the same time. And yet they are nowhere near their potential and are not going to get there. Every time they play a halfway decent team, they lose. They struggle to put away teams that should be demoralized by halftime. They're winning, they have a winning record, only lost a couple of times. But this is a team that's that should be undefeated and should be playing for a state championship, and they're not going to get close. And it's largely because they have a player who has been anointed the star that plays the most selfish brand of basketball I've watched in quite some time without any repercussions whatsoever from the head coach or the coaching staff. He shoots pretty much whenever he wants. He gambles on defense all the time, dribbles into bad spaces, doesn't defend, doesn't box out, and will force up a shot when he can't see the rim and has an open teammate in his line of sight. All of it without repercussions. And as a result, everybody sort of runs in the same direction. Now, because he's on the floor all the time, the numbers look good. And as I said, they're so talented, they can't help but win against most of their teams. Uh, their their schedule not being very, very challenging. What kills me is that I just experienced with my son the joy of watching him and his football teammates win a state championship. The camaraderie among the players, the parents, everyone who didn't care who got the glory felt like they were part of a magical ride. And this boys' basketball team is talented enough to experience the same thing. And yet I know they won't. Their season is going to end way sooner than it should. 
and the star player who already is committed to play for a school at the next level will go on his way. And a couple of kids who might have earned a look or a chance to do the same are far less likely to do so. But even more important, they will all be robbed of a memory leaving high school of the thing that they accomplished together, a thing that is so rare and special. And I wouldn't look, I, I didn't accomplish it accomplish it. I never won a state championship as a high school athlete. I went on to play in college. And so having seen my son do it and having seen him do it with his teammates, I, uh, it was a joy. I told him as much, like you, you gave me a gift. And now I would love to see all of these kids on this basketball team enjoy the same thing and knowing that it's there for them. And yet they're not going to realize it for what I consider avoidable reasons. So maybe that's what is coloring my choice of topics lately. I'm worn out watching the game, and almost any game, but this game in particular, be manipulated by someone for their own purposes and being allowed to do so. And I just happened to watch a couple of players, namely Steph Curry and LeBron James, and hear their post-game comments and I was struck by the stark difference between them. Remember how in the last episode, I talked about the basketball gods doing us a favor and illustrating something for us? In that case, it was how narratives can overtake reality in assessing the performance on any given night by two head coaches. This time, it's about the difference between LeBron and Steph. Specifically, the difference in their authenticity and integrity. However you size them up as players, who you think is better, who you think has had the bigger impact on the game, there's no question who is more believable. It's Steph, by a mile. LeBron has lost all credibility whenever he opens his mouth. There's not a thing he says that I don't, at least for a moment, wonder, why is he saying that? Or what does he mean by it? And why is that important? Because of the power that LeBron wields, the visibility he has as the face of the NBA, it undercuts everything else he does that is worthy of an admiration because there's way, no way to know where it's coming from or whether what he says he's doing and why he's doing it is the truth. This is what put all this in such stark relief and prompted this episode. As most of you probably know, Steph has been struggling with his shot for weeks now, and he was asked about it just the other day by a Warriors reporter for The Athletic, Anthony Slater, who clearly has a good rapport with Steph. Then again, I don't know too many reporters who don't for the reasons that I've stated about credibility and believability and truth. Anyway, Slater asked him if there was something mechanically wrong going on with his shot, and Steph sort of smiling, said, who gives a damn about excuses? And, and hesitated to use the word damn, his Christian faith, I guess, coming out there for a second. He said, you either make shots or you miss shots. I've got to start making some shots. And then he was asked, would he reveal what's going on? And he said, nope. And then he was asked, how are your hands? Because he missed a game with a hand injury recently. And he said, still attached to my body and still getting up plenty of attempts. So, 
And then realizing that he was smiling and had a joking tone up to this point, he explained why. He said, I'm trying to have fun with it. It's a big picture perspective on how you approach the game and the work that you put in. It's obviously frustrating. I want to shoot the ball. I kicked the chair the other day for that reason, so it's not like I don't care. I'm trying to figure it out, but I don't get preoccupied with it. That is about as honest as honest can get. Well, he didn't answer the question about it being mechanical or not. He explained why he wasn't answering it because he didn't want to make any excuses. Given another opportunity to use an excuse, his recent hand injury, he refused to take the bait on that one as well. Gotta love the consistency. And then just to make sure no one thought that his lighthearted answers reflected a lack of concern or desire to figure out what was wrong with his shot, he got serious to clarify that his lighthearted tone was part of not becoming obsessed with one part of his game. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now, here is LeBron being asked for some unknown reason after a loss to the Miami Heat about his 33 points, which bring him ever closer to the all-time scoring leader, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I say that only because the Lakers never led in this game. LeBron played nearly 40 minutes to get his 33. He was one for eight on threes and had a plus minus of minus eight. I believe he had four turnovers, nah, four assists, three turnovers. And Nonetheless, he was asked about the scoring, and he said, as I've continued to climb the ranks, it's natural, human, to look at it and see where you are and see if it's even possible, see if you're capable. And he's talking about catching Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time scoring record. So acknowledgement, he's looked at the tables, he's looked at where he stands, and he knows. He's, ad he's admitting that he's looked at the all-time scoring chart. Abs and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It would be totally weird if he didn't. Curry knew exactly what mark he needed to become the all-time three-point leader. He wrote it on his shoes, if I'm not mistaken. A shirt or a jacket or something made to memorialize it. He never tried to pretend that he didn't. And why should he? But that's exactly what LeBron does next. Because here's the rest of what he said. I wanted to continue to get better. And I mean, I am, like you said, I will be within 2,000 points. When did you say? Soon? Well, listen, we'll see what happens. I've never chased a record in my life. I've never sat down and said, okay, let me see if I can get this record. Let me see if I can get that record. And I'm laughing not because that was the tone of voice that LeBron used. It's because I, I mean, come on, this kind of stuff just makes me laugh. Does LeBron want us to believe he doesn't know that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scored 38,387 points? 
LeBron, the student of the game, who's been in the game, in the league for nearly two decades, or that he, LeBron, doesn't know that he has 36,381 points right now, or that he's on pace to score somewhere between 2,200 and 2,500 points this season, that he should pass Carl Malone sometime in March, and that it'll take going in the next season to catch Kareem. I don't even understand why he feels the need to lie about his awareness of the record right after he told us he has looked at the charts, looked at where he is, is very aware of the record and whether he's capable of getting it or not. The idea that he's not chasing it is even more preposterous. I just watched the Pacers, game in hand, take a 24-second shot clock violation rather than hoist another shot against the Lakers, giving the ball back to them with eight seconds left. Now, any self-respecting team or player acknowledges the gesture by the opponent and inbounds the ball and lets the final seconds tick off. Not LeBron, not in this case. He took the inbound and ambled down to the Lakers basket the Pacers standing around watching and laid it up with three seconds left. Now, the audacity to do that, and then a couple of nights later say that he doesn't think about scoring 30, when that last layup gave him, imagine that, 30 points. He is, without question, playing every game as if scoring is the most important thing he can do. Every other aspect of his game has flatlined or deteriorated. His blocked shots are up, but I'm going to credit that to the fact that A, he's playing center this year more than he ever has, and B, he's made chase down blocks the only defensive move he's willing to invest any energy in. His three-point shooting and mid-range game are as good overall as I've ever seen them. There is no answer for his mid-post turnaround right now. I didn't know that he, if he could ever master that shot, and he has without question. But here's the thing. His scoring is not what the Lakers need based on wins and losses splits. LeBron is more of a playmaker and scores less in Lakers wins. His defensive efficiency is also considerably higher. And all of that makes sense. This is a Lakers team short on playmakers and defensive players. Even at 37, LeBron is far and away their best passer and capable of being one of their best defenders. And yet, that's not where his focus is right now. If LeBron were some dummy about the game, there might be a way to pretend he just doesn't know better. But he's not. Everyone raves about his depth of understanding, his memory, his study habits. So there's no way I believe he's unaware that the formula for the Lakers to win isn't for him to average 30. He even admitted it, kind of, when he said, I don't go into the game saying you've got to score 30 or you guys don't have a chance to win the game. I just play the game. The scoring has been happening organically. I'm sure he doesn't go into the game saying he has to score 30 for the Lakers to win because he has to know that that's not the formula for winning. So he wants us to believe that he can't help but score 30. He doesn't mean to. It's just happening. 
I guess that's what he wants us to believe. There's a certain point for me in every examination of what LeBron says and comparing it to what he's doing, where a fog settles in as I try to make sense of it. Now, I would never suggest that Steph is better than LeBron as an athlete. Steph's fundamentals are better, but they have to be to compete at 6'3 and 185 pounds. LeBron's six inch and 80 pound physical advantage, along with his skill, presents a challenge that Steph might be able to win at times, but not on a consistent basis. But I'm with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when it comes to how LeBron wields the superstardom that his immense physical gifts and talent afford him. He abuses it, mishandles it, disrespects it. If we're talking about pure honesty, ambassadors of the game, it's not close. Steph does not have all the physical ability that LeBron had. But it, when it comes to credibility, there's no comparison. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Weavecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If there were any audio issues with this particular episode, I apologize. I'm working with a new software converter, and I'm not sure it got the job done this time. I promise you we will have that fixed before the next episode, and I hope that it was still audible, consumable, if you will. In the next podcast, I don't know whether I'm going to go with the Giannis Antetokounmpo idea that I teased one episode ago, or we may have to get into Grayson Allen, another Bucks issue, and his reputation and what happened with Alex Caruso. One or the other, or who knows, something else may come up. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.